Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle The Truth. Today's episode is going to be a special one and hopefully a very good one because I have joining me a guest. So before we get into that, today we're going to be talking about The Menu. In a nutshell, it's a dark thriller comedy which came out at the end of last year. It's on Disney Plus, streaming right now, or Hulu in the States I guess. So first of all, I would strongly recommend it and if you haven't seen it yet, maybe watch it before listening to this because we will be delving into spoilers i can confirm we talk a lot so there will be big bombshells dropped if you haven't seen it go and do so right now but without further ado let me introduce my guest joining me today is somebody whom i met in university we shared a few classes together and we ended up going on the same trip to la together which was amazing so please welcome eleanor Hello. Great to have you here. You had, you didn't see this film at the cinema, did you? No, uh, I watched it on Disney Plus. Watched it on Disney yeah. Plus. There's a good plug. Okay, Disney Plus. If you're listening, you know, send <laughs> us free merch, maybe. Or send us an invite to this restaurant. Yeah. I mean, what remains of it? Because that's oh, yeah, yeah. Might be a few marshmallows left melted a few marshmallows <laughs> left <laughs> i kind of want to jump straight in at the end not gonna lie yeah let's go for it let's go for it okay so it ends with s'mores okay and he says they're a f- monstrosity and i don't know do you like s'mores you know what i have had the chance to eat a s'more in america at a camp and i actually did really so did I. <laughs> enjoy them yeah so i thought it's just the whole it's a very american culture of it and yes, they yeah. can be a bit cliche and you kind of just have to roll with the cheesiness of them. They do taste good, to be fair. And especially if you're around a campfire, I think it just brings it more to life. I think as well, because we're British, we may be partial to this sort of thing. You know, we like the American dream of s'mores. Mm-hmm. But I will say the chocolate they use, the chocolate in America is awful. Like It's really bad. So if you had a bar of dairy milk with some marshmallows and some crackers, whatever... I think that would be great. I think maybe he'd change his opinion on s'mores because it's clearly an American chocolate, which is why he hates them so much. I think so. Maybe we should um, advertise that to him, do a pitch and be like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> All right, so Ray Fines, if you're listening, try it with Cadbury. <laughs> I can guarantee. I mean, look, he died. Everybody died in the end. Bit of a bombshell ending. Very similar to Midsummer, mm-hmm. as you mentioned uh, just before we started recording. Yes, very, very similar. I think what was so similar about it is that the way they present the marshmallows onto the actual guests that he's serving it's very like the dress in midsummer yeah. that she wears with all the flowers with the flowers very symbolic yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't make that connection but yeah yeah and then obviously the setting of fire like in midsummer he gets set on fire doesn't he in the bear costume but, he does but they yeah. get set on fire spoilers as for that <laughs> yeah as if they're a small <laughs> Yeah, and I think the music as well, the way it was building up to something, mm-hmm. and that was the ending, and almost very reminiscent of Florence Pugh smiling and watching everybody burn. That's exactly what Anya Taylor-Joy does in this film. She's on the boat, she's safe, and she watches the place go up in flames. So mm-hmm. very much similar movies, uh, similar themes, and I think if you're a fan of Midsummer, which I don't know if anybody is actually a fan of it because it's completely <laughs> whack and ridiculous, but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You will like the menu. I can guarantee that. Or vice versa, if you haven't seen Midsummer, and you have watched the menu, I'd say go and watch that. Totally agree. Yeah. Even though it's yeah two and a half hours of culty madness, but I think there is actually a bit of cult elements in this film as well because yeah. the way that the the staff uh, respond to the head chef. <laughs> 
it is it's quite scary and the way he claps you know the way he orders everybody around the way he claps it made me jump every time like you were kind of expecting it further along in the film but it still got me yeah. <laughs> and he's got such authority and power he does. that i don't get how he has gained that and how the chefs follow him so much as if they are in a cult. They've kind of brainwashed in a way. They are brainwashed, yeah. And I think especially because there's one scene in which they're preparing for the... I think it was the fifth course. It might have been the fifth or the sixth. But when he gets stabbed in the thigh mm -hmm. by his sous chef, who then says, he tried to come on to me eight months ago and then he did it again, yeah. but I refused. But she still works there. So it's like he has this power and people will stay people will stick around no matter how much he is controlling and manipulative but that is that's the power that he has and i think yeah it's definitely a power play but also he's very like narcissistic and he plays up to the role as well he knows that he's good and he knows that they want to be like him don't yeah <laughs> yeah I think as well for, for the staff that work there and also the guests, the customers that come to this restaurant, they know that he is who he is. And so that authority, like you mentioned, that mm -hmm. narcissistic nature, it's all feeding into it. It's feeding his ego, right? He's feeding them and they're feeding his ego. That's pretty much, yeah. you know, that sums up this movie. <laughs> that definitely sums it up. And I love how you put a bit of like eating connotations in there of feeding. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> very on topic i mean this movie has like a bunch of food related puns and things and the the script the script is so good because it's funny it's witty it's sharp and there are so many stupid lines that went over my head the first few times i watched it but i wrote one down it's when <laughs> it's in the sixth course when they have uh, man's folly so that was it it was crab with dried sea lettuce fermented yogurt and Umeboshi? Umeboshi? I don't know. I've never had umeboshi, whatever. Yeah. And one of the characters, she says, it's the emoji for me. <laughs> and then the other woman goes, I think you mean umeboshi. <laughs> I remember that. That, that sharpness and that kind of stupidity to it, because I've never heard of umeboshi. Have you? I have not heard of it. I wouldn't even know what no. it is, even watching the film. I don't know what it is either. So <laughs> I feel like for the... The people watching it, maybe the common folk, we're going to laugh at emoji because we're not going to know what the actual thing is. So it's a sharp script to tag along the audience who may not be in with the crowd of the characters in this movie. They're not exactly likable, are they? No, I think they're deliberately put like that. Well, especially Nicholas Holt's uh, character. He annoyed the f*** out of me. Oh my God. I've never been so annoyed by a character. He's just present he's awful. yeah he was kind of like a bit pathetic in a way especially he was, yeah <laughs> like he portrayed himself as he knew all this stuff and then obviously he didn't when he got put under pressure by the chef to make something and then obviously he couldn't i don't know if that yeah. if he actually could cook but it was just all the pressure made him not be able to cook or he just couldn't cook that's the thing yeah i i, I don't know i think it's a bit of both because yeah tyler's bullshit which was undercooked lamb, inedible shallot, leek, butter sauce, and utter lack of cohesion. <laughs> I loved that. But I also wrote down the fact that when he is under the pressure, you feel it. As an audience member watching it, you feel the embarrassment and you feel the pressure that he is facing because he's being stared at by every single other chef in that kitchen and all of the customers. And it's, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But also, he deserves it. I'm going to say it, he deserves it. <laughs> 
He does, and the fact that like they said, oh, you can't take photos, and the first thing he did was whip out his phone. Take photo. I was like, come on, man, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm partial to taking pictures of my food as well, but if I've been told not to, yeah. I don't think I'm going to. Especially in that environment, I don't think I would feel safe to take a photo on a deserted, isolated island. No, definitely not. When somebody's blowing his brains out and people are being stabbed and you know, you're being threatened that you're going to die, you wouldn't take a picture. But that was another thing about his... Yeah, that was one thing about his character, though. It's like he never noticed that people were dying around him because he was so engrossed with the food. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting as a character display. Absolutely. I thought that he portrayed that really well. He did. But also, it just made him an even more annoying character. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's exactly how I feel, because I don't want to like him. But also, I do think Nicholas Holt is doing a pretty good job. He's making him unlikable. But mm. as well, when you're watching a film, obviously you want some characters you can either relate to or you enjoy watching, because you want to be engaged and you don't want to just be bored by characters you don't care for. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. think... They actually managed to balance it surprisingly well for this film. I don't know how. It could be down to the writing, it could be down to the performances, but it's it's a strange one. Yeah, it is very strange. I think on the like note of characters, the script had a lot of different characters, which was quite good, that kept you involved. I think some of the characters probably didn't need to be there. Like The actor and his assistant, I felt like they didn't really bring that much to it. Yeah. And also there was the thing about, you know, I think Nicholas Holt's character was meant to bring someone else, wasn't he? And you kind of had, there was glimpses of like, who is this woman? Is she going to turn up? Is she right. not? That's what I was always thinking when watching it. Because you didn't really know who Anya Taylor-Joy's character was until the very end when you find out she was only being there to be paid for and just company, really. Yeah, she was, she was an escort that he hired because he knew that... I think that's why the other woman wasn't there, because yeah. I don't know if... Did he say at the start that he broke up with his partner that was going to come or something like that? Yeah, so he broke up. Yeah, so it was either that... That's either a lie yeah. or that yeah. is truth, and he just knew he didn't want her to die, therefore... Mm -hmm. I'm going to hire somebody else because I don't care about a life. And that, that's the kind of character he is. He doesn't care about other people. He just cares about the food. Very selfish. Very selfish, absolutely. Yeah. There was one moment, it's when um, Annie Taylor-Joy gets taken into the kitchen, spoken to by the chef, and then she walks back to the table. He says, did you get a, did you get a free meal or something? What was it, protein or veg? And she slaps him, and the very next thing he says is, protein or veg? He didn't say ow or he didn't say why did he slap mm. me he's just repeating the fact that he yeah. wants to know about the food why oh my god yeah like why i don't i honestly didn't get his character i think if i met him in real life i would do what anya taylor joined it i'd give him a yeah. slap and just walk <laughs> yeah. out slap him laugh at him yeah. <laughs> i couldn't deal with that yeah then he well okay <laughs> his character mm -hmm. meets a pretty pretty grisly end he kills himself which is i don't know how to feel about yeah. that that was strange because before he killed himself the chef what was his name slow slowwick slowick yeah. slowick yeah he whispered something in his ear didn't he he did yeah and do you think that was like just kill yourself <laughs> yeah like just go kill yourself now or something or yeah <laughs> or was it something else? I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. That's the thing. There's a lot of there is a lot of ambiguity with this movie, mm. but I think that kind of works in its favour because 
when I mean, look at it like a kitchen perspective. When we go to a restaurant, we don't always know what's going on in the kitchen. Therefore, we don't always need to know exactly what is being said or what is being thought of in this film because you've got to kind of use your imagination because I feel like that's what a lot of... A lot of characters that could have been included probably would have brought to this film. They just go to a restaurant because... Well, okay, no, actually, like the old guy. The old guy and his wife, the guy who gets his finger chopped off, they can't name a single dish. So it's almost like they go to places like this and they just think some miraculous thing happens behind the scenes and it's just brought to them for their, you know, their benefit or whatever. They don't care about the... It's like a status thing, yeah. Yeah absolutely it's a status thing and mm-hmm. it's not it's not actually caring about the methods and the the time that's gone into, into it. it yeah, yeah, yeah the method and the way it looks like that was i think a really good thing they did in the show as well just digressing on to that was um no, of course yeah you know they presented the dish and they would say what it was i thought that was really good because they yeah. it was so aesthetically pleasing like i think even as an audience you probably wanted to eat that food it looked very decadent and nice. It did, yeah. and how could they not remember that dish? Like it was so out there, it was prepared so well. You would want to remember something like that. No, you absolutely would with the names and the presentation because a lot of the time it was just a tiny bit of food but made up to look mm-hmm. tremendous. So, like where they had like a big rock yeah. formation and you know, grass mm-hmm. and as if it was from nature, yeah. Yeah, it was like a nature and ecosystem, and it was just one tiny mouthful yeah how could you not remember that i really don't know because people are just wild and horrible okay this shows that people are really trashy rich people suck they do they really do eat the rich okay that's what that's what this movie is trying to say <laughs> don't eat the food eat the rich there you go there's another one yes i totally agree what did you think about his mum his mum she was just there i don't know yeah. You can understand her concept in a way, but... I mean, it's funny because she didn't... Um, she wasn't made up as the marshmallow s'more at the end. She was just left there, drunk, like, asleep. Oh, was she? So she's still going to die, but it wasn't like she was part of it. And the only time he actually made the advancement to, to mention her was when he talked about Taco Tuesday and how... Yeah. Um, about his dad. Yeah, his dad. His dad yeah. would be abusive and things. So, yeah, his mom, is she, I don't know, is she a metaphor? Is she trying to basically represent us as an audience? We're just there tagging along for the ride. I'm not sure. How about you? Mm. I like that idea of a metaphor. I haven't thought of that. That was actually a good, good idea, that. What I didn't get is that I'm lucky enough that I haven't been abused or anything like that. But, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like if I was in that situation, I would want to pick myself up, get out of that kind of slumber of being abused and like the person who was abusing her has gone now is dead yeah. so i don't get why she isn't like proud of her son for creating this big restaurant and becoming successful mm-hmm. why would she just kind of drown her sorrows of just drinking this wine the whole time or because that's what mums do <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems to be <laughs> but i don't know you make a good point yeah it's very strange i haven't got my head around her character yet i think it's going to grow on me and i'll think of different ideas along the way maybe when i rewatch it or something yeah i'll see a different side to it i mean that's the thing because there are so many different characters in this movie it's very Mm -hmm. likely that one watch you'll pick up on certain things from one set of characters the next time you'll focus on a different set 
And I think that's what kind of works well. These are a bunch of mishmash characters, but they actually kind of bounce off each other well, even though they're all dealing with their own situations and their own shit. But it still feels like they're part of something because they are part of the menu. That's what the head chef is trying to get at. But I will say that I wasn't sure on kind of the overall theme of the menu because they kept mentioning everything needs to have a meaning and it's going to make sense overall once everything's done. But I just, I couldn't quite pick up on that. Mm. Like, what is the entire meaning? It's just, oh, they're supposed to eat this food and then die because they wronged him or he didn't like something that they've done in the past. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a strong enough motive there, but I respect what he was willing to do for his craft. Mm -hmm. I do get that. I think you could maybe relate how he was so perfect with the food and how it always had to have like a meaning or a why to it was maybe because of, you know, when you see when Anya Taylor-Joy's character sees the clipping of the newspaper where he's cooking the burger and he actually seems happy there. And then she asks him about, can you make me a cheeseburger? When he's cooking that, you can actually feel the joy within him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the music's nice and light and it beats. So maybe lovely. it's to contradict that. It could be. I don't really know. But then that wasn't part of his plan that he was actually going to make a burger. So. It's tricky, but I think you're actually right in that because it, sometimes the best things, like we can plan for things, mm. we can prepare things, but it's that one little thing that somehow or another, it just happened. So that was the best thing that could have possibly um, happened for this character yes, something spontaneous yeah absolutely i want to mention though you mentioned her asking for a cheeseburger do you know about the theory that he actually killed her at the end i don't know about that theory what tell me tell me more okay so if you cast your mind back right near the very start of the film when they're being taken on the tour of the island and they go into the smokehouse and Hong Chao's character, she's great in this, by the way, but she, she says it. about how all of this beef has to be aged for like 152 days. Take it out a day or two early or late and mm-hmm. the bacteria will get inside your system and it'll kill you. So, you know, don't touch it, leave it as it is. But what if the burger that he made at the end was actually with meat that wasn't properly aged so give it a day or two or just a matter of hours she's gonna die because she had that burger that's very true so it's as if it looks as if she escaped the island because to viewers who don't know she does escape the island on a boat and she gets away and she is eating this burger and she looks like she has got the high ground but that is very interesting that you don't know she could have just keeled over at the end she could have yeah 10 minutes later she could have been drowning in that water we don't know i would like to say no to that theory that like i think it would be nice that she did survive but it would would. with these kind of dark thrillers there is always a alternative motive with something isn't there there is and throughout the entire movie he's saying everybody has to die you all have to die but you do sense that change when he smiles when he's making that burger as you mentioned Mm -hmm. you sense something has awoken in him that was kind of dormant for the whole movie so i would like to believe that it was just a genuine nice Mm -hmm. burger because it looked amazing and i want a cheeseburger right now but (laughs) i don't know you never know (laughs) a sinister smile you never know (laughs) i know yeah because that was the thing as well he would contradict himself so much throughout so when he's really serious and he claps and then he just shouts everybody eat and then straight after that like a second later he just says with a nice smile 
enjoy. Yeah. It's like, this dude is scary and intimidating, but weirdly funny. Yeah. Like, it's a weirdly funny movie. It really is. I think the balance between the funny and the dark kind of what-if feeling really does complement each other well in this movie. Some just, like, certain lines. I thought the food critic was quite good. Lillian, I think she was called. Yep, yeah, she was. Because I think she mentioned, like, yeah, we're all going to die, aren't we, or something, or all the women were sat around the table and she was like, f*** it, open up the bottle of wine yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, she did. That was quite funny. It's like accepting of this fate. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was actually quite interesting about how he made the men and women split up in a way, like gave a chance for the men to escape, but not the women. I didn't really get that. But I think he knew, well, I think as a viewer, you knew that they weren't going to survive anyway. Like yeah. they weren't going to leave the island. Up until this point, it had never been about the different genders. It had just been about the different people that were coming together to eat. But from that moment, to split them up, it is almost like, okay, the women are going to die too. Like Usually, like, it seemed as though it was setting up almost like a you know Titanic situation. The women and children in the boats, they're safe. Mm -hmm. The men are going to suffer. So the men get chased, the men get hunted. You know nobody is going to actually escape. You know that. Yeah. But the fact that the women didn't have to be subjected to that uh, kind of fun and games, and they just got to go in, eat and drink, that was kind of splitting them up in a way that we hadn't noticed before and yet they are all still going to die which is tragic like that's terrible but yeah, yeah. i don't know I, I also feel the same because when i first watched it i fell asleep did you? I, I don't know what i was just really tired the first day i watched it and i didn't understand mm -hmm. it so i just woke up and i saw the men being chased after and i saw the women inside and i'm thinking how did they get in there how did they get outside like what's going on yeah so i had to watch it again and thankfully i understand it now but <laughs> It is still up for debate uh, what the motive is behind that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I also thought, like, the bond of the women grew nicely there. Like, you could tell they just, they weren't friends, but they kind of came together just for that scene. And for the chef, that female chef to stay there with them as well was quite nice. But also, she was a bit strange because of, like, she stayed considering she'd been assaulted or nearly, I don't, what was it, asked to, like have sex with him or something i don't know yeah it was just something like that yeah, yeah. i say just but like, it's still bad <laughs> you know yeah it is bad we shouldn't like yeah. shouldn't it. No. <laughs> but i think like i think her explaining the kind of concept of what he was doing to them was quite good as well saying like and saying it was her idea that everyone should die as well as if she was like boasting about it was a bit intriguing yeah, like, he was giving his staff the opportunity to like present themselves as doing something for the restaurant for the menu so that one guy kills himself because it was his dish and yeah. now this is her idea her dish as well it's almost like i don't know is he trying to kind of either shift the blame or is he trying to show that he is this open guy that's willing to let other voices be heard yeah you know the guy who killed himself yes i think the dish was called the mess it was yeah i did not expect it at all. I didn't think he was going to kill himself. I It just didn't go through my head. I don't know why it didn't... Like, I, I watched it with my mum and she was like, I knew that was going to happen because obviously they put the sheets. I just thought when I first heard the mess, I thought they were just going to throw some food or something. Yeah, make a mess. Yeah, innocent sense of visualising something. I didn't think, right, let's kill myself. That just was not one thing that passed through my mind at all so when i saw that i was really shocked i was like oh my god what 
what has happened because I think that's the first death we see, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. The fact that he was crying and the chef was like belittling him, saying you'll never be as good as me and stuff. I was like, oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's like he's egging him on, you know, he's trying to will him into it. Yeah, you know, maybe that's why when he spoke to Tyler, he went and killed himself after because this guy's done it before. You know, it's it's a pattern, yeah. perhaps. But I think as well because it's so sudden, the fact that yeah, the sheet on the floor is there for the start. But then they just walk in with a sheet behind him and within a split second, he blows his brains out, which is so shocking and mm-hmm. harsh. That cut was insane. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really shocking as well. So I'm with you on that. But I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, it's um, dedication to a meal, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I would not want to go to a restaurant like this, would you? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I think from the very beginning, in any film, going to a deserted island or isolated kind of thing you know something's gonna go wrong don't you like it kind of gave me the sense of, have you watched glass onion yes yep yeah the island gave me that kind of vibe as well that it's a bit not like utopian but a bit what is going to happen you don't know what's going to be the next thing or around the corner in a way it is it's like a rich style utopian island that has a lot of mystery to it yeah and because i think as well Whereas when we watch films, you know, there could be thrillers or comedies or whatever, if it's in a location that you know or that you're aware of, it's maybe a little a little less scary, perhaps. Or it maybe could be scary because you can actually go there. But uh-huh. I'm never going to go on an island like this, realistically. The same with Glass Onion. But it's still, it's that fear of the unknown and the fact that anything could actually happen. And these are rich lifestyles and yeah. cracks behind every corner and whatever. It's very similar movies, right, between Glass Onion, The Menu, and Triangle of Sadness. Three very similar Eat the Rich style movies, mm-hmm. but I think they all work in very fantastic ways. I've not watched Triangle of Sadness yet. It's on my list to watch, but I don't know much about it. I think the less you know, the better. All right, it's told in three acts. That's all you really need to know. It's it's crazy. Yeah, because it's actually been nominated for the best picture at the Oscars tomorrow night. Yeah, this isn't going to be uploaded tomorrow, but it is. It has been nominated. It won't win either, but it's nice to know it got a nomination at least. <laughs> yeah, that that is nice that it, it's had the recognition. Yeah, I'm surprised the menu hasn't though. Like I really would have expected the menu to garner. Like, it's garnered a lot of critical um, claim and audiences love it, but I just feel like it genuinely could warrant either a writing nomination or an acting nomination because they're all great, but it's just, I don't know, what are the, what's the Academy looking for when it comes to these performances? Because you're not going to see a better portrayal of really people in a movie because this, this just nails it. Yeah, it was really good. Maybe there was too many white people in it or something. That's probably why they're not going to... It could be. Pick three, <laughs> it could be. Now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're turning the, turning the tables on the Academy. Let's get political. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm surprised at least, like, is it Ralph Phineas? Is that his name who plays the chef? Let's call him Ralph Phineas. It's actually Ray Fiennes, but Ray. I like Ralph Phineas okay. better. I thought it was spelled Ralph, but I don't... yeah, I think it is. It is no, it is. That's the thing. It is spelled Ralph Phineas. Yeah. Yeah. That's so strange. What? So Rafe. <laughs> um, Ralph Fiennes. Why is your name Rafe? Can we? Can we Vol- we'll just call him Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> I think he definitely could have had a nomination for an acting award. Hundred percent. We'll we'll never know. We'll never know. One day we'll be on the panel and we'll see. Yeah, one day. 
I did like how it was quite short. I was gonna. I was literally just about to say that it was only a hundred minutes, like bang on, which is insane. Yeah, I think that was nice about it. Yeah, because the pacing is great, and I think it doesn't overstay its welcome because. It is a very small film in nature. The fact that it's all set in pretty much just one location. It's the restaurant. That's almost it. They go outside a little bit. They go on a chase and she goes into his house. But apart from that, you are in this restaurant for, I'd say, at least 90 minutes. I guess that kind of adds to the sense that it is almost like we are a guest with them. Like, we are going to this restaurant, we're staying for however long we need. Yeah. Even though we're not eating. But then again, they didn't eat a lot either. They had some breadless bread platters, which is just crazy. <laughs> that was good, actually, yeah. It's really clever, but it's a clever movie to be so short, yet pack so much in with so many different characters heavy script movie there's not a lot of mm -hmm. showing as opposed to telling but that's fine because it's entertaining enough and yeah i mean i was just checking beforehand but this is the writers seth rice or seth reese and will tracy they've never written a movie before this is their first feature film uh, writing which no way would not have thought that at all no, I think they've done a great job. They've written for awards shows like the Emmys and they've done Late Night with Seth Meyers, but uh -huh. this is the first time writing a proper movie, which is immensely impressive. Yeah, like, Chris would be proud. We, Chris, yeah. Chris, if you're listening, um, our old writing teacher, how is he doing? Do we know? <laughs> I did give him an email the other day to update him how my career was going, but I don't know if he remembers who I am. <laughs> I don't, I've said my name, but I don't know if he'll be able to like match my name to like the image of me, if you get what I mean. I do understand that because I, I've kind of forgotten what he looks like now. Yeah, I think with Chris, Christopher, he, I really enjoyed his lectures. Yes, they could have been quite long, yeah. but I think you could see he was passionate about writing. He was. He, was, he loved yeah. Russell T Davis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he knew what was a good script. Like He's been there. He's was a producer or something wasn't he or something like that i think he was, he was a writer on some successful sitcoms too that was it yeah maybe we should give him an email and just be like have you watched the menu <laughs> have you watched the menu what did you think yeah definitely because I, I think he actually this could actually tie in well because he he was um bigging up one of the writers of succession as well uh -huh. um, jesse somebody i can't remember his name jesse armstrong okay jesse armstrong was one of the writers on that show and he he used to do it was a british show but i can't remember what it was it wasn't the it crowd was it but um chris would mention him and the the director of the menu mark mylod he has done a bit of succession so it all makes sense this, oh he did the peep show he did peep show that was yes. it yeah that yeah. was it and fresh meat fresh meat as well okay damn yeah. So yeah, Chris, have you seen the menu? Did you like it? I hope you did. I mean, we've just spoiled it for him if he hasn't, but still. That's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. He'll be fine with that. It doesn't matter at all. I would like to go back to DMU and just see Chris and speak to him and see how he's going, what he's up to and all that. It would be amazing. I think we should we should definitely just run back to any old classes, or it can even be college or school or whatever, wherever you had a great teacher. Just go and see how they're doing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Because it, at the end of the day, they're the ones that got you into what you like, and if they're a good teacher, that you're going to respect them and yeah. 
actually you want to do well to show them that you've made a success of yourself or you are passionate about something that they like as well which is really nice it is yeah i feel like if i was a teacher i would want to know i don't know how i'd get in touch with them because it... mm, i think also because of emails like we had our own dmu email i think i have might have his personal email because i did ask him for a reference for a job once so if you do want it yeah i, I can give you it <laughs> i might have to thank you <laughs> Say to him that you've got a very successful podcast and you could have him on. Very, very successful. Yeah. Getting huge names on. We had Tarantino last week <laughs> and we've got you today. It's, it's all go. Yeah. I don't know how we digressed onto this. But <laughs> I was going to talk about, is it Hong Chao's character? Hong Chao, yeah. Yeah. I thought with her, she was a really good character. I don't know about you, but I knew from the very start, she had that sense that she just wanted to kill from the start, I thought. <laughs> that amino about her (laughs) she was always popping up somewhere and like she was eager to kill in a way she was yeah (laughs) she had some amazing lines yeah she really did and that fight scene with anya i thought was amazing it was i wasn't expecting anything like that but yeah things escalated quickly yeah talking about the lines as well it was i think when she was talking to the three lads. The three lads, And yeah. I think they were like, I don't know what they were talking about, but she was like, no. Or she was very abrupt. She was like, no, can't do that. I'll take your chair in. Can we have bread? No. Yeah. Can we please have bread? No. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I, she just says it as it is. <laughs> I think that's what makes her really, really good in this movie. And, I mean, even things like, these are tortillas, when they keep saying, yeah. what are these? You know, what's going on? These are tortillas. <laughs> He's kept saying it again and again. She just didn't care. She was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to die as well. So let's mock the hell out of these <laughs> May as well go with it. Yeah. Another line she says, you will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. Like, damn, that is so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she whispered that into his ear, didn't she? She whispered it. She did. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> savage and as well i don't know if you noticed this but when she's taking them on the tour at the start and they go into i think it's the um place where they all sleep where they all share bunks together oh yeah and one of the characters asks do you ever get burned out and she says burned out we never get burned out we never burn anything unless by design Ooh. and that links to the end so well yeah so well they're telling us right from the start but it only makes sense once you know how everything ends the endings are always the best part endings are always the best part great they always resolve something even if you are left waiting a bit or a bit it slightly could be slightly unresolved but it always links up in a full circle doesn't it usually on a film it does i mean hopefully unless you're watching a christopher nolan film and chances are (laughs) the ending is right at the very start but I do like how this movie in particular, these people get their comeuppance, right? Literally every single character does, and they may have been mm-hmm. told from the start how things are going to go, but you don't realise, because they're so obnoxious, right? they're so oblivious. Yeah, well, Nicholas Holt's character did get told that he was going to die, didn't he, in the letter? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> why would you still go to this restaurant? He knew and he went. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> rich people problems that is also when you just mentioned christopher nolan that just gave me flashbacks of the plane back from la with you and becky oh, watching no. oh, interstellar no. crying synchronized crying yeah i was like what am i witnessing <laughs> yeah first it was bond and then it was interstellar yeah yeah it was it was a mess <laughs> it's a sad film though it's a very sad film. both of them are that was a very sad film <laughs> 
Oh, so good though. A memory. Do you think it changes your perspective on um, dining out? Like, would you go to a restaurant and feel different? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> it depends <laughs> if I could hear clapping in the kitchen, in which case, yes. Yeah. But it's actually really interesting because I think the key difference is when you go to a normal restaurant, you typically don't see the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this restaurant, you could see everything going on. You could interact with them. Yeah, it was very open, wasn't it? Yeah yeah very open plan and they actually they knew the guests as well so like the kitchen staff had all been informed who's coming Mm. whereas when you go to a restaurant that's never going to happen but this the thing is the fact remains the same it is just people making food you know and i say that just but it's it's an art form as ray fines keeps saying and you know his what does he say he says something about I'm an artist whose work turns to shit inside of you. Yeah. Like when you think about it like that, chefs are—I don't know—they're genius, but also their work is just to be eaten, right? It's going to be dissolved. But we should care more about the process behind it when we go to a restaurant because we want quick service. We don't want to be waiting around for too long. We only really care about the server, the waiter that comes over to take our order. Mm. We don't actually think about what goes on behind those doors. But I think. They've got a lot going on. I could never do it personally, even though I love cooking and baking, whatever. But and I think it definitely opens my eyes, like you were saying, you know, after watching this film, it opens my eyes to what goes on in this sort of situation. But I I don't think it's going to... It's not going to make me a better person because I'm not as shit as these people to begin with. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I work in a cafe as well, as doing like some TV work, so... I have seen what the chef's like, but I only work, There's a, we only have one chef in a cafe, so who just makes like paninis and omelettes and stuff, like, very easy stuff. So he, right. and he's yeah. actually a very calm chef, which stereotypically isn't the case sometimes, is it? When you're Gordon Ramsay's and stuff. And also <laughs> like, you do see all the prep they have to do. So he gets into work around like 8.30 and is just chopping vegetables or preparing the meats, etc. Like there's a lot of time that goes into preparing good food. Yeah. And then I got the chance to go to the Ritz just putting a little plug out here for me. <laughs> plug out there, Ritz. Yep. Uh, if you need some guests. <laughs> Sign me and Kieran up to come to your afternoon tea, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be food critics as well. Yes. Well, that actually is funny because when I went to do a shoot there with the director I was working with, um, we were filming like a time lapse of the chefs and stuff in the kitchen. And the chef, every time an order would come through, he would shout like order through or something like that. And they would go like, yes, chef. They would say that, yeah. which I didn't realise until like now talking about this. I was like, oh my God, they actually did say that or 10 more minutes or something or all in like unison in a way. Because I think yeah. when you're in a kitchen, you do have to work together. Like you might be prepping your own thing, but you work together to get the thing out, yeah. like the piece of food to the customer in good standard. I completely understand that. Yeah. Have you seen the bear? on uh, Disney Plus. No, I haven't. Right, it's a TV show. It, it's very it's very chaotic and it's set in a it's set in a kitchen. It's, it's like a diner in Chicago. Uh-huh. And it's basically just all hell breaking loose for eight episodes. But if you if you think this was stressful or if you think filming in there was stressful, watch The Bear or Boiling Points, which is on Netflix with Stephen Graham. Yeah, that was filmed in all in one take, wasn't one it? Take. I think. Yeah insane i can't imagine how they did that that's utterly insane but yeah the bear did you say the bear yeah <laughs> on disney plus yeah write that down sorry or hulu in the states if you're interested. 
Have you watched Cocaine Bear yet? I have watched Cocaine Bear, yes. Is it good? It's, um... I mean, look, it's a movie about a bear on cocaine, so yeah, sure, it's great, but... <laughs> Film-wise itself, I don't think it's a great film. I don't think it's too well made, but it gets the job done. You know, you go to see a, a bear on cocaine, so you should be satisfied. Uh, very strange concept of a film. Very. I don't know how that got approved, but... <laughs> well, it's actually based on a semi-true story. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the bear did actually find the cocaine and consumed the cocaine, but he didn't go on a rampage. The bear just died instantly. He died like five minutes later, tragically. Oh, okay. But yeah, this is just. Does he eat a lot of it? Yeah, a, a lot is um, sort yeah. of debate, but yeah. <laughs> I think I will watch it. It's, I am intrigued, but it's such a weird thing. It is. I would say maybe it's worth watching. Like, it's worth watching as soon as it gets released on streaming or whatever. I, I don't know if it's worth yeah. going to see it at the cinema. But, I mean, uh -huh. it's a good time. You'll have a blast with it. You'll probably be laughing. But it's just a, it's a bear on cocaine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just that. Well, cinema these days. Have you seen anything else recently? Uh, I'm trying to think. Or, like, any upcoming movies you are excited to watch at the cinema? or? I'd like to watch that Lily James one, um, What's Love Got to Do With It, I think it's called. Just like a feel-good film. Oh, yes. Yeah, that one. My parents have just gone to see it today. Oh, have they? Yeah, I think I might go see it next yeah. week with James. So we just were thinking, like, you know, it's probably going to be a rainy day. Let's just go and watch a nice romantic comedy <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, why not? But I'm trying to think what else. I feel like I have... Well, I thought Fablements was really good. I think that was the last thing I saw in the cinema. New Spielberg for people interested. Yeah, because I like camera work and... You know that I like filming and stuff, like when I brought my camera all around oh, LA with me, yeah. <laughs> holding it preciously so it doesn't get stolen by some a homeless guy <laughs> or a guy on crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or a cocaine bear. Or a cocaine bear, yeah. You never know what's going to appear in LA. <laughs> you <laughs> really don't. <laughs> sights to see. <laughs> look, the, the Walk of Fame. Oh, look, there's a bear on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I really liked seeing the, the filming side of that and how, like, there was one scene where he was filming the... Have you watched the film? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course you have. You're a film fanatic, so... <laughs> <laughs> Stupid <Yeah>. question. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> where he was filming, I think, the high school graduation... Fun day. Oh yeah, it was that. Um, yeah, the yeah ditch day. day. That's it. Where all the, they went to the beach, and I thought there was just that one scene which I thought was really clever, where he like took a, a video of the birds and then pans down to the person and drops a bit of ice cream on them as if it's like poodle. Yes. I was like, that's ingenious. Yeah. Like, I would have never thought of that, but it's such a simple thing to do. Yeah, I love that because when we watch, like, if we were just watching what he created, like the film he was making, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have known how that was done. No. So I think what is so great about filmmaking and watching films, there is so much happening in and around the camera work and yeah. just everything. So it's not real. But it feels real, so I think yeah. the beauty of films it makes the it makes everything seem so believable. And yeah, it really does. I, I don't think many people, like outside of what we know and what we love and what we've done at university and all the rest of it, I don't think a lot of people will care about that sort of thing or will notice it or will want to know about it. Which I don't know it makes me a little bit sad, but at least there are still some people that do want to know about that so it's great it's great to see that especially in the fable mm. yeah for sure definitely i think camera work is key like without a camera you're not going to have a film are you 100 yeah. percent. so the way the person like the director of photography envisions it 
how the camera operator sees what they want to see is key to a film or TV show and yeah it just works <laughs> it's that it's that vision because you can have a vision in your head and you you know how it wants to look but if you don't get that on camera it's not going to be there it's not going to be real exactly and we won't have these amazing films that we have today like cocaine bear <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed why is that a movie <laughs> Do you know like what rating it's got like on Rotten Tomatoes or anything? Um, I don't know on Rotten Tomatoes, but I do know it's got about 50 something on Metacritic, oh, okay. which is it's about right, I'd say. I think everybody was expecting it to get you know, in the hundreds almost because it was going <laughs> to be like the best film of the year, but no, I think you know around let me check 50 54, yeah, 54 is about right. Okay. Not bad. Whereas the menu, the menu got 71, which I think is very well deserved. I'd personally put it higher, though, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think if I was rating it, I'd put it as like a good 85, maybe even 90. I'd say pushing 90. Yeah. yeah. Pushing 90 for sure. And you've only seen it once so far, haven't you? Yeah, I've only seen it once. So I think I'm going to watch it again, but in a bit of time. Yeah, like, give it a bit of time. Yeah. But I think definitely when you watch it for that second time, you'll notice new things and you'll have probably a better time with it i mean it's like food you know you can have it once you may not enjoy it so much but then you have it again you have it again and you know quickly you know turns your opinion around and you think hang on a minute this has got so many different layers it's amazing so that's the beauty of a film about food mm. having the same quality as food <laughs> yeah i totally agree and i think i was engrossed in the film first time watching like i didn't leave my chair and i didn't feel distracted like you know some films you feel like Oh, I just want to pick up my phone or... Yeah, check the time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. With this, I did feel like, what's going to happen next? Like, I wanted to know. Yeah. And I think because I, I watched it blind, like, I didn't really read much about it before. I just knew that they went to an island. It was about a restaurant. And there's these particular guests. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything okay, else. So cool. I think watching it blind was good because it left me anticipating what was going to happen next. But now... If I watch it again, at least I'll know some certain stuff. But then I might be like, oh, actually, I didn't know this was in the first take of watching it or didn't know this happened, etc. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that as well. So you didn't know anything going into it, which is amazing. I love that. But did you have any inclination as to what it might be about? Like, because for me personally, I wasn't sure if it was going to be something to do with cannibalism because all these people being taken to an island and this chef preparing weird food... I thought there is something funky going on here, but I was surprised and kind of delighted at the fact that there was no cannibalism in this movie. But did you think that at all? Or, you know, did you expect I, whatever? I had the exact same feelings and reaction to that. I thought, yeah, cannibalism. So I'd recently watched Fresh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I kind of had that in my head as well, like <laughs> talking about like meat and stuff. And obviously, like, as you said, bringing people to an island, you think... You knew at the beginning they were going to die. You could sense it. Yeah. But I was like, it's definitely going to be cannibalism. Like Every person that gets killed off, that's going to be their next course, I was thinking. Yeah. And then I knew that one person was probably going to survive, either it being the chef or uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Final girl. Classic trope. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking vibes of cannibalism or they were all going to get left on the island and not be able to eat anything afterwards like ironically being in a restaurant and not eating because maybe the chefs will just all like leave or something yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I think that's more what I was expecting 
rather than them actually being presented food and seeing the presentation of it and his kind of side of what he thinks of cooking, which I liked. I really, I did enjoy. No, same. Yeah, I completely agree. But I think as well, it, it kind of pokes fun at maybe some people thinking it's going to be about cannibalism because certain dishes, he said that he stabbed his father in the thigh. In hindsight, maybe he should have gone for the throat. And then the meal that is presented to them, it's a chicken thigh with a pair of scissors stuck into it. Mm. So it's almost like, you know, maybe this is in a sense. And, you know, the guy blowing his brains out and then in the dish is bone marrow. It's like, yeah. okay, so what is actually going on here? Is it real <laughs> or is it just, is it just for show? But I think it is just for show. It, it's part of the act. It's part of the, the presentation of it all, because I think we have these certain um, misconceptions going into it that, yeah, of course, we already know how this story is going to play out. It's going to be cannibals, mm. you know, no difference there. But the fact that it wasn't and they're aware of that it's, it's almost like a meta take on cannibalistic restaurants almost so yeah like tricking you i thought um the whole film as well was quite theatrical in a way and i think yeah lillian the critic does say oh yeah it's all a part of his act it's like what he does kind of thing which kind of ties into it like was it all an act or yeah. is it real life you never really know do you kind of thing you don't <laughs> that's the thing because <laughs> These people, they may not be relatable, but they are certainly realistic because I'm pretty sure we all know there are going to be rich snobs like this. They're going to be outrageous and outlandish and horrible. But at what point is it a facade and at what point is the curtain going to fall and is it actually going to be real? So it's it's extremely theatrical. You don't know what to believe, and that just plays into it, especially if you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm delighted you didn't know a single thing beforehand. Yeah, I think it just enriches you more, and you get more involved in the film. You get more from it, you get more while you're watching it. It's just, it's a fun movie. It's a really mm -hmm. fun film. It really is, yeah, and it just brings you along you follow the journey as if like like you said before as if you are sat in the restaurant waiting i think it would yeah. be a good theater production you know i feel like they could make it immersive instead of doing a sequel they could do an yeah. immersive experience maybe oh immersive experience minus the killing right minus yeah the minus the killing yeah <laughs> okay okay i'm just checking <laughs> i mean i wouldn't mind some s'mores but <laughs> Maybe they'll just, like, with the immersiveness, they'll just heat the room a little bit. But... Just heat the room a little bit? Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be great, though. I would pay good money to go see that, you know. Yeah, like a secret cinema thing. They did it with Blade Runner. Yeah. They did it with um, loads of other things. I'm pretty sure a Bond or something. They've just done one for Cabaret, I think. They Have they? Yeah, they... So... In London, they're using the Kit Kat Club, which is like a small, intimate space in a way. Yeah. And you go in, and it's as if you're walking into the the club that they perform at the, well, the cabaret, um, and you get that's so cool. Yeah, you get a um, shot of schnapps when you get when you walk in, <laughs> and you sit as if you're on like cabaret style tables, and they come around you, and you're literally there with them, which was quite cool. I could definitely see the menu working for that then. Yeah. And the girl who's, you know, sex education, Amy Lou. I can't remember her second name. Is it Wood? Yeah, Amy Lou Wood. She's the main character in this immersive cabaret. Oh, really? Damn. But yeah, the menu could definitely do that. Maybe we should pitch that pitch to it. them. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, a bit of money coming in. <laughs> Absolutely. Sell the rights to it for a billion, billion dollars, I'd say. Yeah, that should be fine. Easy. Easy peasy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Disney would sue us so badly. Oh, they would. They would sue so bad. It'd be worth it. 
because I want to see I want to see the room heat up like we're in a sauna or something. <laughs> yeah, chocolate melt, the marshmallows melt. That'd be so cool. <laughs> it would. It would really. Be. And like even when you like go into it, you could be walking in and it could be like waves crashing as if you're on the boat or something. Yes. And yeah, that kind of stuff. I feel like we've got a good idea coming along here. You know, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> All right, let's get this sorted. Let's get this written down. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a plan logistically. Should be fine. We'll get Ray Fines back as well. He needs to return as the head chef. Yes. <laughs> He's got to be wearing a Voldemort nose and bald cap as well, though. Like, we want to cross over slightly. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Because we've got to get some Harry Potter fans in as well. That's good Good marketing. That'd be great. <laughs> and if it's in England as well, yeah. that's just guaranteed Harry Potter's success. Right? We're not going to associate with J.K. Rowling, but still, no. it should be fine. <laughs> Maybe he could make all the stuff they eat in Harry Potter, but in the style yes. of the menu. Yes. <laughs> he'll have some record beer, but he'll be like clapping and be like, drink now. <laughs> drink. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> And if you don't drink, you're going to get a Vada Kedavra. That's what you're going to get. Yes. Yeah. And then still, the final meal will still be a cheeseburger. <laughs> like, even in Harry Potter, they've got to have cheeseburgers. <laughs> well, I think I better go now. But I think we've talked about everything, really. We've done all sorts, which I, and I've really enjoyed it. It's been really good. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. And no, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about the menu and loads of other stuff, too. It's been it's been wonderful. So please feel free to come back anytime, talk about whatever. It's very easy to do. It's gonna be a nightmare to edit, but that's fine. You've got this. I've got this. I hopefully. believe in you. Otherwise I'll blow my brains out like the <laughs> sous chef. Please don't, please don't. I would like to <laughs> you again once in my life or have another chat soon, so but you yeah. to actually like spill your words out and get everything that you want to say. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Last thing I want to ask just before you go, Oscars tomorrow night, what's winning best picture? I don't actually know what's nominated. G- give me the nominations. I'm not like a biggest nerd as you <laughs> with films. <laughs> I'm going to say one and it's probably going to be the one that okay. you go for. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I don't know. Is Elvis in there? Elvis is in there. Yeah. Because I think that has done quite well. Especially in the BAFTAs, it won quite a few, didn't it? It did, yeah. We've got Elvis, we've got Tar, we've got Avatar. Well, we've got two Tars. We've got Avatar and Tar, All Quiet on the Western <laughs> Front, The Fablemans, Triangle of Sadness, The Banshees of Inner Sharon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Women Talking, and my personal pick, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, see, I've still not watched it. I need to watch it. You haven't watched Top Gun? <laughs> I don't know why I haven't. I just need to sit down and just <sighs> on with it and watch it. But I, I do agree. I think the favourite is going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. But I would like I would like the Fablemans to win because I did really enjoy that. Okay, yeah. But I don't know. All Quiet on the Western Front did quite well with a few award ceremonies, didn't it? It did really well. Yeah. It did. I think it's probably one of the most open years we've had in a very long time, which is both yeah. great and terrifying because I, I just want to know what's going to win. But anyway, I think, yeah, you're right. Fablemans, Elvis, or Everything Everywhere, or Top Gun, mm-hmm. hopefully. Any of them could win. But yeah, we'll find out anyway. We'll hope that they don't have a, what is it, a La La Land situation. <laughs> God, yeah. This year. Never again. Please and thank you. Either that or a Will Smith slap. We don't want that either. Oh, but Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe we could have both. Maybe they could do a little a little bit because they're going to reference everything like that. Yeah. But have a mix up and a slap because they mixed up. <laughs> Sign me up. 
Who's uh, presenting? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I think. He's done it a couple of times. Okay, not too bad, yeah. But yeah, I, I do enjoy the Oscars. Yeah, I'll message you tomorrow night and give you the verdicts. On... We'll find out how it goes. Yeah. yeah, of course. Anyway, thank you once again for joining me on this episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. I hope you audience have enjoyed it just as much as we have recording it. And yeah, signing off. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from Eleanor and it's goodbye from me. Once again, very big thank you to Eleanor for joining. And I should mention, if you want to go and check out some of her reviews, she's got an Instagram page dedicated to it. So go and check out Elsner Film Reviews. E-L-S-Z-N-A underscore film underscore reviews. And she's got all sorts. She's got things from Dune to Taken to Robocop, The Fablemans, Don't Worry Darling, plenty of new releases, plenty of classics. She does them all. So definitely go and check those out. Or you can go and check out her photography and film production page, EFB Productions. I'm giving you so many plugs here. But anyway, go and listen to more of my reviews. Go and read some of her reviews. And hopefully you agree with one or the other. Because even though we share pretty similar passions about the menu, I'm sure there's plenty that we disagree on. So go and find out what those are and let me know so I can dislike those reviews. I'm kidding anyway. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you've had as great a time as we've had. And until next time, go and watch the menu on Disney Plus once again. And I shall speak to you where it'll probably just be me again because I don't know when the next guest will be on. Maybe Spielberg. Spielberg one day at least. But until then, I shall speak to you in the very next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. <laughs>